Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, Jalenta. Hey, Kristen. A lot of our guests on We Love You and So Can You have one thing in common. They love us. <laughs> what? No. What is it for real? In addition to that, indecision. Oh. Yeah. They don't have, know if they love us. They can't make up their mind. <laughs> they have a lot of choices. They don't know what to do about those choices. They don't know what to pick. And sometimes they feel like picking anything will just be mm. the wrong decision. I know that feeling. And uh, I guess a lot of our listeners clearly know that feeling. We have so many letters from you all who want help knowing how to put things in order, how to make those decisions, how to even decide what to do first. Yes, absolutely. And uh, Jolenta, what do you say we take a stab at trying to give a few of these letter writers advice today? I would love to stab it. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's get this. We love you and so can you. Bonus episode going. We're reaching the end of our bonus season, and for these final few weeks, Kristen and I are going to answer some letters that have come in from you all, our listeners. They've come in to the We Love You Facebook group community, the By the Book Facebook group community. That's our other podcast. And they've come in through our email address, which again is weloveyoupod at gmail.com. Yes, and today, all of our letters we're going to talk about have to do with indecision. Yes. Let us start with this letter. Dear Kristen Angelenta, I am a young stay-at-home mom with two toddler boys and, at 27 years old, have found myself in my first midlife crisis, having no idea who I am, where I am going, and who I want to be. My days used to be filled with so much to do. I was a top-of-my-class college student who took extra classes just for fun, I poured myself into extracurriculars and thrived. Upon graduating in elementary education, I found myself moving with my husband to a new state, newly pregnant, and the time was just not right for me to take on the responsibility of an elementary school classroom on top of that. Now, two kids later, elementary school education doesn't call to me like it used to. Instead, it fills me with dread. Whether that's because of anxiety over potential failure in the job or just a realistic look at public education right now. The world feels so open to me I could do anything, but instead of taking a step, I am paralyzed with indecision, having no idea where to take my first step. I could be a gardener, a therapist, a business owner. I'm looking at you, Marie Kondo. I could be an author, or maybe I really am a teacher in my heart. At the root of it, I don't know who I am. I feed two messy toddlers, and I vacuum and sweep all day long. This isn't the life I dreamed of, and I know there is more out there for me. But while I call out to the universe for guidance, the universe seems to call back and say, it's up to you. Oh, what should we call this letter writer? Jolenta, you are the oh, queen of okay. coming up with letter writer This names. one is quarter life conundrum. Oh, I like it. Okay, quarter life, because this is not a midlife crisis if you're 27. <laughs> Believe me. Yes. What are we going to do with you? Yes. Well, I think there are a lot of clues. As always, the letters always give us lots of clues of yes. what could be done. So 
one thing in particular that stood out at me is the sense of dread at mm. elementary education now. Mm-hmm. That tells me don't do it. Yeah, I just, agree. Just because you have a degree in elementary education does not mean you have to work in that field later on in life. No. No, the thing you studied when you were 21 does not have to be what you do until you're dead. My like, degree is not in podcasting. No, my neither. What? <laughs> nah. But the sense of dread that you feel tells me don't do it. Yeah. And you don't have to. You definitely yeah. don't have to do that. Something else I see in your letter is that you used to pour yourself into extracurricular activities Mm -hmm. and thrived. So here's something I'm wondering. What was it about that time in your life that allowed you to throw yourself into those extracurricular activities? Was it the sense of, it doesn't matter, it's for fun, I can't fail? Or was it, oh, everyone else is doing extracurricular activities because I'm in college? Think about what gave you that emotional freedom to try those activities And see if there's a little smidgen of that you can bring back into your life now so you go into it the same way. Mm. Because I think what you need to do now is just force yourself to try, just like you did in college. You clearly had the ability to do it just a few years ago. You can definitely do it again. And I think you don't need to make a huge decision right away. You can try in little ways and, like, try on different careers, different activities. You can do a gardening workshop and be like, oh my gosh, I love this. I need to do more and work at a greenhouse someday. You can start blogging about how you don't know what the hell to do with your life because maybe you do want to write and be an author. You know, also, maybe you want to go back to school. Uh, I know a lot of therapists who have background in education and teaching. That tends to make a lot of crossover. You mentioned therapist. Yeah, these are all great ideas. And one thing you were just touching on, Jolenta, that I think is really important to note, I think a lot of people in their 20s are told that you're supposed to know what you want to do for a living. And that's not true. Jolenta, how many careers have you and I had? Oh, like a thousand. We've had so many careers between the two of us. And podcasting, as you said— is not even a career. Yeah. it's like (laughs) I mean, it's made up. There was no degree in podcasting when we were in college. It it wasn't a thing when I was in college. Yeah. But um, I guess, yeah. I know it's hard to take first steps, but just, like, follow your interests. That's what I did with our other podcast, By the Book. I was like, I'm a mess. I want to get my shit together. And I followed that interest until it accidentally led to a career. Yeah, and it's okay to try a bunch of things that go nowhere. Oh, I have also tried so many things that went nowhere. I'm not a matchmaker, <laughs> but I wanted to be so bad. <laughs> um. So, I mean, first and foremost— also, just we haven't mentioned this yet. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think we were You're kind of hinting also at it. Kicking ass as a young mother of two humans you've kept alive, and that in itself is a ton of work. Relocating also is a ton of work. Oh, the fact God, that you've yeah. gotten married, relocated, have two kids, all of that's a lot of work. So please mm. don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. There are a lot of people with less on their plate who are feeling exactly the same yeah, way as you. who feel just as pressured to, like, make a decision about their entire life's work. Yeah. So please just be a little bit more gentle on yourself. Love yourself a little bit. Remind yourself of what a kick-ass parent you are and what you do every single day. And then, like we said, go back to that mindset any way you can of what was it in college that allowed you to feel the emotional freedom to try a lot of things Mm -hmm. and then feel free to try them. Yeah, just be curious. Follow your joy. Watch a YouTube video. If you don't want to take a class, just poke around. See what you're interested in and see what like keeps 
like gnaw at your brain that you want to keep exploring. Yeah, and then feel free to quit if it doesn't work yeah, for you. Yeah, and then drop it when that dread creeps in because dread is gross. Yeah, you don't need dread. Dread and like your life's work should not be connected. Yeah. Quarter life conundrum, you've got this. We you believe got in you. This. We totally believe in you. You can do this. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we're back, we have an indecision question that a lot of you write in with. I feel like we get this question almost every week. Stay with us. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with our bonus episode full of advice on indecision. (laughs) And now we have a letter from someone with a very different kind of conundrum. Yes. Letter writer says, Dear Kristen Angelenta, I am a 24-year-old college graduate who's been working jobs that have nothing to do with my area of study for the past two and a half years. I look around at my friends who I went to college with, and so many of them are working at cool companies and making good money. Meanwhile, I'm barely scraping by, I have enormous student loan debt, and all I can think about is going back to school and getting a graduate degree. Maybe then I could rise up the ranks or even land a secure tenured job in academia. Of course, doing this would mean going into even more debt, and even then there's no guarantee of a job. I don't know what to do. Should I start applying for grad schools, continue to work dead-end jobs that I hate? I'm tired of failing while all my friends are succeeding. All right, Jolenta, what shall we call this letter writer? We're going to call this one To Debt or Not to Debt. Ooh, that is the question. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right, so. Okay, to the, debt. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, like, we're already in debt. Yeah, yeah. We're already in debt. The question is, more debt or not more debt? So before we get to the debt part, can I just say something here yes. to our letter writer that is not about debt at all? It's just stop worrying so much about what everyone else is doing. I know it looks like all your friends are succeeding and killing it, but you know what? The vast majority of recent college graduates are just like you. Yeah, like I still feel like that. Um, I am not 24. Yeah, but almost every college graduate feels how you do for, I would say the— Like a decade almost? Yeah, I would say minimum five, at least 10 years after graduating from college. Why don't I have my job yet that I want? Why don't I work in my field? life trajectory I thought I'd pick up somewhere? Why am I in so much debt? It's just super normal. And even though you have some friends who on the outside look like they're killing it, on the inside they might not be. Who knows how much— that they're in. You know, we don't know these things. But I can say, 
you should not feel like a failure Yeah, here. I was going to say, like, my number one advice for you to start with to debt is <laughs> let's not label you a failure yes. or the fa- – like, I don't love this. I'm tired of failing while my friends are succeeding. Like, there is no – there is no fail. Yeah, there's no um, failure here. This no, is not failure. But it's like – it's like what – like, by what litmus test? Like, some made-up societal one, someone that – you got stuck in your head that, like, probably exists to make you feel a little inadequate. Like, I don't know. Like, just, but nothing, like, you're not a failure. No, you're definitely not a failure. Feeling lost after school is the most normal, non-failing part of life. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, I have an answer about mm-hmm. what to do or what not to do. My answer is, please don't go back to graduate school now. Really? Yes, please don't do it. But I'm curious because you sound surprised by that. Well, I, I mean... That was going to be my advice. But then I picked up on all I can think about is going back to school and getting a graduate degree. If that is all you think about because of a fiery passion, oh, because of something point. you love so, so hard, like you just want to keep studying it and like know as much as you can. Like if that's why you can't stop thinking about it, you can't get that out of your head, definitely apply. See what happens. I know applying is expensive in itself, and that sucks. This system is also rigged. But if it's all you can think about because of opportunities you think it will get you, then don't waste the money. I will give you an example from uh, my husband's life. He switched careers when he was a little older than you to debt, around like 25, 26. He was an actor. And he switched to being a news producer. It was a big shift. And he was freaking out because he had, like, this entry-level part-time job at a news station. And he was like, should I go to graduate school while I do this? Should I go to graduate school? Everyone goes to journalism school who's a journalist. And I won't have all these legs up and all this stuff. And I'm like, but you already have a journalism job. Like, this is your grad (laughs) school. You're here. And he's fine now. But it was a big insecurity for years while he was on the job. Until he realized that being on the job was fine and, yeah. and that's education enough. But it, if it's because, like, you can't get enough philosophy and you want to think about Nietzsche solely for a few more years, then, like, totally apply. Yeah. Well, here's why I'm going to disagree with you, Jolenta. Oh, shit. Because there are some words jumping out at me here. Mm-hmm. Um, so many friends are, quote, working at cool companies. Yeah. And um, making good money. Mm-hmm. And— there's a lot of mention in, in this letter of money, debt, yeah. money, debt, good salary. I would say you want to rise up the ranks to get a secure job. Okay, yeah. so money is more of a worry than the passion. So I think the money is a big thing here. Then definitely do not apply to grad school. It's a money <laughs> suck. And unless you have a fiery passion or you want to do a profession that requires a yeah, high like degree. If, if your passion is to be a cardiothoracic trauma surgeon, then yes, please. You can't dear just God, wing it. You go can't just like to medical school. Yeah, go you to can't all just school. Apply to hospitals and say like I want to be a surgeon. Yeah, yeah. you got to go to graduate school for that. That's that's something that's required. But yeah, if it's really just you're concerned about your friends' cool jobs and the money, mm-hmm. then yeah, don't please don't put yourself into yeah. further debt. Um, and don't put pressure on yourself to like knock it out of the park. In job one, two, three, four, five, like up to 10 after college. Yeah, you're only two and a half years out of college. It's okay to not be working your dream job now. And maybe what you can do to get closer to what your dream job is, is first think about what that dream is. Mm -hmm. What is the thing that 
gets your motor going? What are you most excited about when you think about it? And that might just require you looking at job listings and seeing what jumps out at you. Yeah. And then starting to do the research of what are the steps it takes to get there. And those steps might be calling up former professors and asking them for connections. It might be reaching out to your friends who you think are super successful Mm -hmm. and asking them if they have uh, friends or colleagues who used to work at that company or who used to do this kind of work and signing up for some informational interviews. And informational interviews are, you know, you essentially just call up people in that profession or email them and say, hey, I would love to know what you did to get where you are. Um, And you can also do that by calling up your old college. You didn't graduate that long ago Mm-mm. and call their your baby. Yeah, their college work placement center because oh, totally. most yeah. colleges they can hook have, you up with alumni in your area yes. and like get you job interviews or letters of recommendation for jobs. Like yeah, there and, are tons of resources and ways to educate yourself that don't involve grad school. Yes, yes, there are so many things you can do, but it sounds like there is a lot of concern about money here and frankly, about status and other people look like they're they're winning and mm. I'm failing. But um, going into more debt won't fix that. No. But, and just know that, you know, those few people who do crush it, like with their first job out of school, those are anomalies. Yes. Like the That's majority of us take many jobs and follow a few directions before we find a place where we sort of land and like follow that direction. Yes. Absolutely. And some people never quite find out what the perfect thing is for them. And, and that's that fine, too. that is also too. fine. It does not mean anyone has failed. Yeah. No failures here. You got this to debt. Don't go into debt. Don't do it. Unless there's a fiery passion. Yes. You can be a cardiothoracic trauma surgeon. We believe in you. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got a question about indecision of the nuptial variety. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. We're back with one last letter about indecision, and this one is about wedding bells. Yay! Yes! Jolenta, what is this letter? Dear Kristen and Jolenta, my fiancé and I are in the early stages of wedding planning, and we can't decide between a small, private, elegant affair and a large, casual one. We definitely can't afford a large, elegant affair, to be clear, but we can do one or the other. Our arguments for the small, elegant affair, we want to be able to feed our guests, have an open bar, have flowers, have a legit photographer. Our argument for the large, casual event, We really don't want to exclude anyone. We have so many people we love and who love us. We've gone around in circles on this for weeks. What do we do? I love wedding questions. Oh, I know you do. (laughs) This is so hard because weddings are so personal, but I have so many thoughts. Um, 
I have an idea. Why don't we call this letter writer my big, fat, small wedding? Beautiful. All right. So my big, fat, small wedding. Two choices here. Mm -hmm. The small, elegant wedding that's going to cost more or the giant casual affair. I feel like I would recommend taking stock of what you care about. Yes, absolutely. If you truly, like, really care about that, you know, fly, chic wedding with, like, the most beautiful, fancy flowers and, like, chic open bar, like, go for it. But then have the small thing. If you're like, I don't really care about these things, uh, but everyone expects them or, like, my mom wants them or Pinterest says you have them, then, like, do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) I was also going to say you can do both. Exactly. You can do both. The open bar thing, um, you can actually do by buying a keg and Mm -hmm. just saying this is a beer and wine wedding where you pick up a couple of cases of wine and half of a keg and different friends volunteer throughout the night to be the, quote, bartender. Yeah. And that way you can have 200 friends there because you saved so much money on the booze. Exactly. And the bartenders. You're not paying staff. Different friends are volunteering throughout Mm -hmm. the night to do it. Um, I know that's less elegant. Right. But it can still be just as much fun. I've been to so many weddings that do that. I've been to, yeah. I mean, I've been to huge weddings where it was free food and drink, but it was an insanely huge potluck. Yes. And it was in a gorgeous venue. It was a huge wedding, but it felt super intimate because it sounds like the couple is like this couple, like tons of people in the area who love them, you know, and it was a blast. Yes. And you know my wedding. Again, this is not elegant at all, but we ordered in 50 pizzas. Mm -hmm. No, it was the best. And for me, I did literally both. Yes. Because I felt you had a West Coast wedding and an East Coast wedding. (laughs) Into a proper wedding. And we did the whole like photos and like first look and you know, chic venue. And it was delightful and small and beautiful. But I didn't really care about these things. I just wanted a party with my friends. And we also, when we got back to Brooklyn, had a party. The best party. For our friends yeah. in, like, the yard of a bar. And there were, like, two signature drinks. And then you could go buy shit. And it was great. It was so fun. And um, that's one thing Jolent and I have in common is we both have had bar weddings. Oh, I mean, the most frustrating thing about the wedding industry, other than the fact that it just exists to prey on women— uh, is the fact that it just, you know, prescribes such a limited idea of what weddings can be. It can be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's a way to have, like, a chic, very opulent-seeming affair with a good number of people and help from friends and, like, half DIY, half, like, super nice florist, you know? Like, If you figure out where you can cut costs, there's a way to make a wedding that's sort of an amalgamation. Or if you just take stock of, like, what the two of you are actually about and want to celebrate, I think that helps, too. Yeah. It's less about the actual what the party looks like and more about what your vibe is, as as woo-woo as that sounds. Yeah. I mean, here's an exercise you might want to try. When you look back at the day that you got married— what is going to be most meaningful to you? 
Um, so for some people, what's most meaningful is the pictures. They, they absolutely love looking at the pictures, mm-hmm. and they have them framed, and they have photo albums, and they have like a rotating slideshow on their computer, and those photos mean so much, and they're going to hand down those photos for mm-hmm. generations. This is personal family history, and those photos are everything. And if when you look back at your wedding, this is what you think, that's what I want most of, then think about that. You know, why is that standing out so much to you? Because it's important. Mm-hmm. And if when you look back at your wedding, the number one thing you're thinking about is, I want to see at one point after I get married, I want to look out at a room full of people who love me and believe in this relationship, then that's your number one yeah, priority. Yeah, then you might want that big room. Yeah, like, you might want that big room. And maybe there's a way to have both of those things. But think about, you know, just imagine yourself 10 years down the road looking back at this moment. What do I want most to mm-hmm to look back on? What, what do I want the mementos to be? Do I, do I want the mementos to be all the conversations and all the love and all the meaning yeah. of that night? Do I want it to be the fact that, like, my close friends and family got to explore this city that they've never been to that I've always loved? Like, that could be it, too. Like, who knows? Yes, yes. And there are lots of ways to also, I mean, if if what you feel about the small, elegant wedding might also be something you could find joy from. Some people like a small, elegant wedding also because they feel that they can talk to every person exactly. at the wedding. Exactly, yeah. You want to feel like you had, you know, a moment with everyone. That won't happen in the room of 400 people. No, it won't. It will not. <laughs> Kristen <laughs> knows. I barely saw her at her wedding. <laughs> I, like, handed her a slice of pizza and said congrats. <laughs> but I just think that, you know— What it comes down to, we can't give you the right answer here. You have to decide on the right answer. But what it comes down to is what is most meaningful to you and is it possible to meld any of those things that mean the most? Jolent and I managed to do it with ourselves. Yeah. Um, So think about if you can do that too. Oh, and one more thing. Just think about the weddings and parties you've had the most fun at. Oh, yes. That's such good advice. Like, that's such do good what advice. you want to have fun with. If you, you know, were in a wedding that was torture because the photographer made you stand for five hours, then, like, you may not want the, uh, the you know, Pinteresty photo-heavy wedding. Yeah. If you went to a rave wedding and had a blast, like, be sure to have a very good DJ. Like, yeah. My wedding was a conference photographer who wanted to break into wedding photography, and he cost, like, $50, I think. He cost next to nothing. And, and the photos were great. And you know what? The It was so crowded that he couldn't actually get photos of most of the guests because they just look like obscene crowd scenes. Every picture looked like a crowd scene. But out of that, we had maybe a dozen photos we love. So, and in the grand scheme of things, we were fine with that. We're like, if we have a dozen photos we love at the end of this night, that's enough for us. We don't need much more than that. You got this, my big fat little wedding, whatever we're calling you. Yes, you got it. And that's it for this episode of We Love You and So Can You. Our producer is the very decisive Lindsay Cradwell. She decides every single day when to tell us to speak into the microphone louder, uh, what to cut out of our babbling conversations. Lindsay is a decider. Our editor is John Delore. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Chris Bannon is our chief content officer. And Casey Holford composed our theme song and mixed this episode. Don't forget to stay in touch. Do you have a predicament you need help with? Our email address is weloveyoupod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at weloveyoupod, at Kristen Meinzer, or at Jolenta G. You can DM us on Instagram at weloveyoupod. You can even leave us a voicemail. That's 601-LOVE-1234. 
601-568-3171. Again, 601-568-3171. And if you prefer Facebook, we would love for you to join our community. Join us at facebook.com slash groups slash we love you pod. Also, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen. It helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Tell someone getting married about the show. Tell somebody who is dealing with college debt about the show, which is like 80% of America. Just everyone you know. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah do that. Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. And remember, we, we love, love you. you. And so can you. Just heard that time. Now my stomach's no. doing the different sound. It's now doing it's the going, digesting I sound. A banana. Mm, I'm chewing. <laughs> I can chew things. I'm a stomach. <laughs> banana. <laughs> I have teeth made out of acid. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> Yo. Stitcher. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.